All right, welcome to the first episode of It's Been Real Weird podcast. I'm here with my co-host, Remus. Hello. So, how am I qualified to do this podcast? Well, my background is I have a little background in video production, and I've worked a little bit on some student films and some short films. And Remus, I will just uh, intro you a little bit. You're a published cartoonist, and you also have your own podcast called Drawing a Dialogue. Is that right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cool. And you're also very much like in academia. <laughs> yeah, I uh, I taught film for a couple of semesters, like an intro to film class um, and that kind of thing. I, I mostly do like work on comics, but they're adjacent media, I feel like. Totally. And I feel like this podcast, I think we want to be a little sillier than probably yeah. what <laughs> would be a more academic like route. Um but yeah, um, and also I want to touch on that we kind of got to know each other a little bit more because we found out that we independently watched uh, In the Mood for Love, and that kind of started mm-hmm. our Wong Kar Wai mutual appreciation. You saw it in theaters, which I kind of hate you for. <laughs> <laughs> kind of a fun side effect of living in Austin. Yeah, oh my gosh. So yeah, Austin obviously is the spot to enjoy all types of like things that are being shown again theaters i live in salt lake mm-hmm. and um i'm definitely excited to like check out sundance for the first time later i think um, yeah. next year that's exciting yeah that should be fun okay so we watched society together yes. <laughs> um this is a very unique movie and i'm gonna just read the um wikipedia um blurb Mm-hmm. So Society is a 1989 American body horror film directed by Brian Usna and starring Billy Warlock, Devin DeVasquez, Evan Richards, and Ben Meyerson. Its plot follows a Beverly Hills teenager who begins to suspect that his wealthy parents are part of a gruesome cult for the social elite. Though the film was completed in 1989, it was not released until 1992. It was Usna's directorial debut and was written by Rick Fry, conceived and written by Woody Keith, Screaming Mad George was responsible for the special effects. Uh, a sequel, Society 2, Body Modification, was in <laughs> development as of 2013 with a script written by Stefan Byro. So we're going to have to revisit Society 2 if it was ever made. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so we watched this last night. We had a good time, I would say. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, this is. I feel like this was a perfect one uh, to like start our concept of like the kind of weird we're interested in. <laughs> exactly. And also, you rightly pointed out that we should probably kind of define what we mean by that, because I think we both have an idea of it, but mm-hmm. um, it would be helpful probably to like kind of ground what we're doing. Yeah. Um, do you want to do, do that, or do you want me to? Uh, I'll try. So <laughs> I feel like with weird movies, you definitely know them when you see them, but... Um, we were saying, and I think, you know, you can, you can jump in too, but mm-hmm. uh, we were saying it's typically something that maybe was like a cult classic that wasn't really appreciated at, its t- at the time it was made, or it's like a genre movie, or um, you pointed out a good, a good uh, additional caveat is that it could be like maybe a director taking a big risk on something that they haven't really made before. Um, also, you know, I guess the budget can make an impact. It could be a really low budget, kind of like society. Mm-hmm. I think society is more in the middle, but definitely low budget. There can be some high budget, like, honestly, sometimes a movie flops, even though 
Um, they spent a lot of money on it. I'm thinking of one of your favorites, Cats, which <laughs> that comes to mind for me, which I think mm-hmm. we should definitely watch at, so- at some point as well. <laughs> yeah, I feel like that's a wonderful option. But yeah, like, um, what do you think? Yeah, I think that's a good way of putting it because I think it's like we it's it, it's an expansive way to think about like weird because we didn't want to I or at least I don't want to just like look at uh the typical like B movie like uh birdemic or whatever but like also stuff <laughs> that is is like just an uh like you said like lower budget or like less watched or stuff that like isn't is sort of off the beaten track so to speak right um whether it's like because a lot of weird movies are really good right so like weird doesn't necessarily mean like bad it just means like there's something it's not like quite uh commercial or whatever you know (laughs) yeah exactly yeah not quite commercial and um yeah like you said i mean they can obviously i think society had a lot of really strong points to it we'll Mm -hmm. get into that um the pacing was really good so honestly i think it was really quite well made um for what it was but yeah like you said i think it's like also the intention like you're not necessarily Mm -hmm. intending to make a b movie or something um i think yeah there's a little bit of that like the the authenticity as well i think too like there's it's yeah so i think we'll we'll probably keep evolving a little bit depending on the movies (laughs) we choose but yeah that's sort of what we're going for with with this like concept is that movies that like you said they're kind of off the beaten path and um worth revisiting I mean, mm-hmm. that's so cool. You were telling me that there's like a double feature of society and get out, which is a really interesting um I think the the, the common themes there yeah, are really the strong. Out. But but yeah, get out the- obviously is very like well received and like kind of high budget with the you mm-hmm. know, it, it ended up looking like they like they wanted it to look, I feel. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I think Screaming Mad George did a phenomenal job <laughs> with the effects in this movie. Um, but should we? Do you want to? Do we want to just like go through the some like the plot, or like how do you want to like talk about it? Yeah, we should go through the plot. That's a really good idea. Mm-hmm. Um, do you want to start, and I can like jump in? Sure. So we start. The main character is uh, a boy named Bill Whitney, who's in high school. I nebulously a later high school i think but it's unclear um and he has a therapist and sort of like it's very much presented as he has like these sort of like paranoid suspicions that um there's something like off about his family and he doesn't really trust them um and then um he like we are introduced to his sister's ex-boyfriend uh who like is desperately trying to talk to her like talk to him and is just like no there's something really weird going on and ends up giving him this tape um that he like took of his sister's debutante like coming out party um where it sounds like they're having sort of like a crazy orgy <laughs> like murder sex yeah. party um and that kind of the, is like the, the audio was really good in that uh tape as well <laughs> we could hear yeah, it's really crisp and we could even it was very crisp and you could even hear like i don't know just like the, the expository dialogue was very funny as well to to just be on the receiving end of i think mm-hmm. 
Um, and this, but this sort of like confirms his fear that like, oh, there is something fucked up with my family, which is really fun. The thing that like really I thought was funny about that is that like we're not given any. It, not that it matters, but we're not giving an, given any real reason why he doesn't. He just doesn't trust them, and he's like, I don't look like them, and it's just that he doesn't have blonde hair, and they do. Like exactly. I, I don't know if I like missed if he like. It's never like there's no there's not. It, he ends up being right, but like there's not a point in the beginning where it's like, oh, maybe he's adopted or like some, it's just like no, he just doesn't like them for some reason. <laughs> right, and like with the with the therapist, I guess his name is Doctor Cleveland. He comes up later. Yeah. Um, but I, I thought it was so funny because you know he's t- like he said he's like oh I don't really feel like I don't know, he's like sharing his paranoia and then doc- I thought this was really funny. Doctor Cleveland's like are you possibly being a little paranoid? And then uh, Billy's like, no, I've never been paranoid in my life. And then Cleveland's like, I said a little paranoid. <laughs> Just a little. Be a- I didn't say you were like, fully paranoid <laughs> in your entire existence. <laughs> like we're all, we could be a little paranoid at any given time. You can have a little paranoia as a treat. A little bit as a treat. But yeah. And so <laughs> he, uh, it's interesting, the first half of the movie, I feel like, or especially the the first three-fourths, really, are very, like, meandering, um, and it feels like it takes a really long time to kind of, like, get into what's happening, um, but, like, Bill has, uh, he starts, like, flirting with this girl, this, like, very beautiful girl named Clarissa, who, like... D- there's this excellence he's like debating he's running for a student president i guess um and at the there's like these debate scenes that reoccur with him and versus his like rival um and at like one of these debates clarissa like is just like in the front row like (laughs) like lifting up her skirt and like showing him her underwear and like distracting him (laughs) for no reason yeah and he's just like obviously flustered and it's like Sharon Stone style. But yeah. also the debate was about they were debating about dress codes at their private school. <laughs> yeah. Um <laughs> and he, you know, goes to this party and leaves with her and has sex with her. Um and then like he I don't know, he he Oh yeah, we did we I'm doing a horrible job summarizing because we did totally skip over the part where David died. Oh my gosh, yes, we totally did. But you're right, though, it is quite meandering, because, like, he does have a couple friends, um, well, of course, um, the, yeah, the guy that gave him, David is the guy that gave him the tape, that mm-hmm. he was actually, obviously, like, obviously spying uh, on his family. Yeah, he dies, um, but when he goes to look at the scene of the accident, um, he's not allowed to look at the body, right? Yeah, he tries to find the, because t- he had asked David because a recurring theme that happens is he like gets evidence of like something happening and then when he goes to show it to someone the evidence has been like changed so like david gives him this murder tape and then he plays it for his uh for dr cleveland but when he plays it for dr cleveland it's just like a regular tape of his sister's debutante <laughs> party like it's become normal um and so he's like david I- you have to give me another copy of the tape and then david dies in a car accident so he's like trying to find the tape in the wreck and the cop is just like you can't go through the car of the car <laughs> this like you, like what are you doing um although the cop is obviously like um n- antagonistic sort of like frightening figure too um 
and so like this this like keeps happening and he like finds martin uh uh petri who's his his rival for the the high school president student presidency like is like comes to him and is like i know you're right like i think something is happening and like goes and they're like supposed to meet up and then he finds martin with his throat slit um and like his car and like goes and finds the cops to be like "Uh, something's happening and then they get back there and it's just like a different car and martin's fine um so it's like this like recurring theme of him being basically like gaslit about like what's happening um yeah i don't even know how like they manage that but i guess it's all about the society and what they're capable of but another recurring thing is like anytime he sort of gets a clue like a ken doll shows up like mutilated in his car Mm -hmm. (laughs) yeah (laughs) and that gets a little more extreme later on actually yeah so there's like these different levels because it's like the obvious sort of like gaslighting by like the people in power around him when, like, people are trying to give him, like, evidence of whatever's going on. And then um, it turns out, like, he finds, like, a shrunken head in his locker and then he gets, someone puts, like, a blow-up doll in his, uh, like, sex toy in his car and it turns out that it's just his friend Milo fucking with him. <laughs> like, completely oh, yeah. <laughs> unrelatedly <laughs> to, like, everything else that's going on. Because um, Milo ends up being, like, the only one that's on his side. Um, but anyway, it, there's a lot of meandering, and then we get to the actual reveal, which is the best part of the movie, which is that they are all, in fact, like, a different species. Um, like, he he's drugged, and he, like, is basically taken, or, like, he escapes, and then he ends up at his parents' house, and, like, they're in the middle of, like, one of their murder sex orgies, and it, they do this by uh, shunting, which is when they, like, um physically deform and meld into the person they're like eating basically (laughs) yeah the payoff here was amazing like i need to look into like screaming mad george because we were like waiting and waiting for more of the body horror and like Mm -hmm. this scene was totally like it it totally met the met the expectation i think the shunting yeah like i had to look that up later but like it's you have to see it like you really do have to see it like you said you kind of like morph into like your victim and then there is just like, just like you know, increasing like levels of of how kind of visually like shocking it is, honestly. Mm-hmm. Um, and also, you were you were saying they do end up drugging. Um, they kind of like, kind of like hold Billy down and like drug him so that he's like less able to, I guess, fight for himself. Um, but it's funny because again, Doctor Cleveland is the one that is kind of like drugs him against his will. And even mm-hmm. earlier in the movie, he's like, I don't want to do this. And he, like, writes a prescription <laughs> for, like, I guess something that would, I don't know, like, some kind of a pharmaceutical. So, um, ultimately, they do end up, like, just forcefully drugging Billy, like you said. And, yeah, the, the shunting is really, really a sight to behold. Mm-hmm. And so, Billy is, like, you know, they're going to eat him, basically. And they're like, ah, yes, you were right all along. You aren't one of us. Um, because, like, you aren't born into it. And they're, like, very clear that it's, like, we're not aliens. Like, we are humans. We're just, like, (laughs) well-bred, rich humans, um, that have this shunting ability. Um, and they, in, I think, a very horny sequence, they, like, capture, uh, I don't know the word for it, but those, um... You know, when, like, animal control goes after, like, a dog or a wild animal or whatever, and it's, like, the big stick with the tightening collar at the end of it. Yeah. Um, they use that to, like, lead Billy around. <laughs> um, yeah. And he ends up, 
you know this his this other like high school boy that he's been who's been antagonizing him the whole movie like tries to shunt with him and he ends up like pulling him inside out um which was the moment when i was like oh chili wasn't the right food to be eating uh when i'm <laughs> watching this movie where a gentleman has just been pulled inside out um and yeah, escapes it- <laughs> They totally sold it. Like the, I mean, obviously the practical effects, like they, mm-hmm. they're good, but you know, it, it's still, it's, it's more, um, yeah, I feel like eating the wrong food would probably be the only issue. <laughs> if, if you're kind of squeamish, like uh, the practical effects, honestly, were just, they were really well done. But, Super well um, done. I don't think, yeah, I don't think you have a problem with it, but uh, yeah, it depends on probably any other external things, but yeah, you're right. Like the, uh, Clarissa ends up um, saving basically helping save him yeah so as clarissa is one of the like high society shunters but like has fallen in love with bill because they had the sex the one time and so helps him escape uh with milo his friend and they all they all end up just like getting out and that's kind of just like the end of it um which i like a movie like that i like when there's not like a huge climax i like when it's just sort of like all right and we're done um but it was it's the things that are like interesting to me about this i mean it is really meandering in the beginning there's a lot of implied there's a lot of like incest like incest is like a recurring like bill is like convinced that his family is engaged in like devious incestual activities and then he's kind of right because we see like they're all like shunting together at the end and like like clearly like playing on that anxiety um which is interesting yeah. to me cuz it's like obviously very much about i think like this genre of like oh like body swapping or like you know the rich have sort of these scary uh deviant like whatever's that you know poor people are like uh used for isn't you know not like groundbreaking or anything but there's like it's interesting to add the angle of like incest in there, especially since part of it is like, oh, their breeding is really good, right? So it is like sort of implied that that's like how they maintain their like ability yeah. to shunt. Exactly. I feel like the incest definitely plays into the like, you know, the exclusionary. Oh, we're this uppercase, and then, mm-hmm. um, you know, yeah, like you said, I mean, obviously this is like over the top, but like in the shunting, they're also like drinking champagne and like pouring yeah. champagne on each other and stuff. So like the point is not lost on you. Um, yeah, they're like also, having a I mean, great time. Yeah, and like I mean, there is actually the first scene that I think you know it's it's it's, it's like light, but um, basically this is kind of actually quite funny. I think Billy he went, went to his sister's bathroom to like find like self tanner or like he was like I need your tanning <laughs> lotion. <laughs> he has like siblings share tanning lotion which is very very wholesome but yeah he's like she's in the shower and he kind of sees her like sees her naked through the glass but it's like her she's contorted like her um he can see her butt in the front but also her boobs in the front like she's twisted yeah. that that was like the first like a little taste of like some of the some of the like body stuff that happens and then yeah like the sex scene with clarissa where they obviously fell in love after one time of sleeping mm-hmm. together um, he is like, hey, your body did something really weird, and she also did like a contort, a contortionist like thing with her body as well. Um, yeah, it's interesting. There's like the, the the body horror parts are like very. It's just it's interesting to me because like it's obviously very much about class, but like it Billy isn't <laughs> the reason Bill is like an outsider is because he feels like one. Yeah, but he that's he's true. still 
he lives in the house. He's as far as we know, he was raised from birth with them. Like again, unless I miss something very obvious, but like it's just very funny to me that, that we did this whole like outsider like class conflict plot, but like why is Billy why is Bill not one of them? <laughs> why? <laughs> what? Yeah, like that's that's definitely something that's not explained. Like it's not it, it's obviously like the premise, but without any type of justification. Yeah, you're right. Like even I guess in the beginning too, um he mentions he's playing basketball with Milo, I guess, and his mm-hmm. parents like don't really don't really approve of Milo, but there's no reason not to. Um there is also like a little bit of like, oh, these people are anti-Semitic because um Right. definitely david character he's like portrayed as jewish um and then they kind of like call him like they call him a they call him bagel breath so Mm -hmm. there is a little bit of that like yeah anyone that's other but we're not sure why billy is is i mean he has he's brown hair but he has brown hair yeah it's i guess it's a very specific sort of like aryan uh (laughs) approach but um yeah i don't know it's it it definitely it, it it's worth it the price of admission is worth it for the goop i think uh the, the goopiness alone um i do love a really good practical effect yeah for sure like um yeah i'm going to have to i, I i'm I, my apologies to screaming mad george i wasn't familiar with his work so i'm going to mm-hmm. have to go back and see um but yeah like honestly this movie is definitely worth a watch like People of Austin definitely go see that double <laughs> I mean, feature. By the time you hear this, the double feature will not have ha- will have already happened. But <laughs> oh damn! <laughs> oh my gosh! Yeah, I, I do want to. I don't know. Like, I kind of want to watch Get Out now again. But mm-hmm. um, but yeah, like this this was great. I, I, obviously, the sequel was in was in the works as of 2013. So hopefully, <laughs> we'll get a sequel <laughs> to this because I do think the ending kind of did lend itself well to maybe a sequel. Hmm. Yeah, I don't know if there is going to actually be a sequel or if they just started writing one, but it would be funny. I mean, so um, Yuzna, the director, was the producer of Reanimator, um, which is I haven't seen, but is on my list. Um, okay. And they definitely made like a bunch of Reanimator movies. So no way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I feel like the people involved like that definitely have had cool uh, had other projects that seem really cool. So. I did look up Bill, the actor that plays Bill Whitney, um, Billy Warlock. Mm-hmm. He's actually like he's in a lot of soap operas. Like he was like a soap actor yeah. for a long time. It looks like, yeah, I thought that was interesting. It had soapy, soapy moments. Um, yeah, like honestly, go see this. It was good. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> All right. Well, we are gonna try um, to end these episodes like with a funny letterboxd review um yeah do you have one ready remus i actually do um there was a few that i thought were very funny but um this one comes from uh laird uh which is l-a-i-r-d on letterboxd laird is great he actually uh organizes it it's in austin at the south lamar alamo if you are in austin he organizes a weekly uh screening series called weird wednesdays um which very thematically appropriate for this podcast yeah there are others there are others like us there are dozens (laughs) um but his his review is a very succinct eyes wide shunt yes yes that's (laughs) perfect oh my gosh so perfect yeah because like honestly the opening um the opening of the movie like 
very very fun start to the movie i think we had like a little dutch angle we had him mm-hmm. wandering you know like you said wandering through the mansion i definitely thought of eyes wide shut like seeing that um yeah and then um there's there's a lot of good quotes in this movie i think my letterbox review will probably just say lean machine jelly bean lean mach- I, lots of butthead lots of good use <laughs> of the phrase butthead specifically <laughs> yeah Used to a very good comedic effect at the very end as well. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, thank you so much, Remus. I loved talking about this movie with you. I loved watching it thank with you. you. Um, thank you, guys. <laughs> um, we will definitely keep doing this, I think, if you have any ideas. Um, I know people listening mm-hmm. to this probably know us, know us personally, so you can just tell us personally if you have a great uh, recommendation <laughs> for us. Um, we're going to be looking to <laughs> add more of these types of movies to our uh, to our repertoire. Uh, mm-hmm. All right, thanks everyone. Thank you. <laughs> Later. Bye.